Jesus says these words, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, here he's saying the word over and over and over again. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The word remain, G oh, not Jesus, but Onika looked at it last week. I get Jesus and Onika mixed up all the time. <laughs> I'm, li I'm living with my Savior. Uh, <laughs> but remain, <laughs> remain means to, to, to be left after others have withdrawn to rest or abide in the same place when others remove or are lost, destroyed, or taken away. It, it carries with it the connotation that I'm, I'm continuing. I'm not stopping. I'm going to abide in a place for a time indefinite. Remain, 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 remain is what Jesus says over and over and over in John chapter 15. The title of today's message, though, is Say No to Pot. Yeah, not kidding, not kidding. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say no to pot. Yeah. Those of you who are watching in Colorado right now. <laughs> Dang, I just started my business. <laughs> say no to pot. I, I do not have a green thumb at all, okay? It, it's brown, ha, no. I don't have, I don't have a green thumb. Uh, I, I, I kill any plant, okay? Those of you who are unfamiliar with even that phrase is, we got people all over the world uh, that are joining with us. Uh, in America, that means someone who's good with plants. They're, they're, they're good uh, with growing things. They're good with trees and plants and different things. In our family, we are not good. We just handed my wife those flowers. Those flowers are as good as dead, okay, in our household. <laughs> It was worth the investment because it's going to be beautiful. I'm like, yeah, let's get it our beautiful bouquet. But I know, I know they are going to die. Fake plants die in our house. <laughs> and, and that's just the reality of where we are and who we are. Uh, as a side note, our North Campus pastor, Ben Stokes, he actually over COVID, uh, you know, going stir crazy like so many of us and decided he was going to start a garden and he actually did it. It actually worked. He actually brought me one green pepper. I don't know why you only, why'd you only bring me one green pepper, Ben? But anyway, he brought me one green pepper and it was good. I mean, literally, he grew this thing all by himself. Uh, that's not a skill or a gift that I have. Uh, but, but God has given me a, a little bit of a knack with people. And I'm thankful for this gift that he's given me. An opportunity to be able to connect and, and talk with people and, and know people and help them on their journey to become who God is, is calling them to be. I, I love that. In this passage of Scripture, in John chapter 15, Jesus is not talking just about foliage and plants. 
He's using that imagery, but he's talking about people. He's talking to you and he's talking to me. And he's saying God is a master gardener. Like he's the best of the best and he's interested in things growing. He's not against things developing and maturing. So any of us in the room or any of us online that try to make things really small and always want to dumb things down, please understand that God is not against growth at all. As a matter of fact, we just read the scriptures. It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So as he is painting this picture here of who God is and how God works in our lives, Jesus is saying, hey, I need you to stay connected to me, though. I need you to remain in me. I need you to make sure you, you stay linked up with me. This is a, a passage about surrender and connection and dependence. Understand where and who your source is. Your source is not your job. And it's not your boyfriend, and it's not your girlfriend, and it's not your political party, and it's not your bank account, and it's not your age, and it's not your skin color, and it's not your gender. It's none of those things. Your ultimate source is God and God alone. And for the follower of Jesus, he's making it clear, you gotta stay linked. You gotta remain. Uh, it came to me this way, you remain and he renews. You remain, he renews. You remain, and he keeps on bringing fresh life and fresh vision. It doesn't mean things are always perfect. No, not at all. I know plenty of us who are hearing this message right now might be walking through some dark valleys, and, and that is part of the journey of being a follower of Jesus. You and I are not immune to the problems and the pains of this world, but my friends, even when tragedy and foolishness and difficulty is going on all around us, we can still know that God is our our source and our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. And if I'm not dead, that means he's not done. So I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other, trusting God for the grace and the strength that he provides. I remain. He renews. You remain. He renews. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. I'm telling you, you've got more life and strength flowing through your veins than you even think possible. So we get this picture over and over and over again in Scripture. Hey, hey, you got a father who loves you. You got a father who's on your side. You got a father who cares for you. Yes, he prunes. That happens. <laughs> he cuts some things away, takes some things away, but it's so that you can be even more fruitful. Uh, go with me to Psalm. Go with me to Psalm uh, chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Fantastic book of the Bible. Psalm chapter 1. Look with me in verse number 1. It says, blessed is the one, the man or the woman, the teenager, the single person, the married person. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. 
That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. Okay, I, I want you to see in verse number one, uh, he says, blessed is the one who does not walk. You, you can see this progression. He's, they're, they're walking in step with the wicked, but they go from walking to standing. Now they're standing in the way of sinners, and then after that, they're sitting in the company of mockers. So they're walking, they stop, now they're standing. Next, now they're sitting. So the company around them has taken them from a, a place of movement, a place of growth, a place of development, and has slowly slowed them down from I wonder what your friends are doing to you. I wonder, I wonder if your friends are taking you on a journey somewhere or they're trying to slow you down. They're trying to get you to know. No, stand, sit, don't move. And of course, there are some seasons, right? There's some seasons where it can sound really spiritual, where God is asking us to do that. And I'm, I'm all for that. But I just wonder, the company of people that you keep, the friends that are closest to you, those that you allow to speak into your life, those ride or dies of yours, are they the individuals that are talked about in verses 1 and 2 here? Are they the company of the mockers? Are they on the path of the sinner? Are they the individuals that are trying to get you to dumb down the purpose and the call and the destiny that God has put on your life? Or are they trying to help you become who God has called you to be? They're saying, hey, stop sitting. It's time for you to get up and run after what God has called you to do. <laughs> Whose delight, 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 this word is like pleasure. Whose pleasure is in the law of the Lord. I had some ice cream the other night. Felt good. I hadn't had anybody any ice cream for a minute. We had that stomach bug that went through our house, so everything just milky sounded nasty. But now I'm past it, and I, <laughs> oh, I was like, this is what it must be like delighting in the law of the Lord. Just, it's like satisfying. It. it, it it, it, bright, it lightens your load. It, it like, it like, it's something you look forward to. His delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Bible, in the Scriptures. Can I just talk to you just for a moment here that, that I, I, I'm shocked over and over again how often the Scriptures are not a part of our development and our journey in our walk with God that so many of us are just relying on sermons from me or from someone else to be your constant nourishment. And yes, I am so glad God has called me to do what he's called me to do, and I'm happy to serve and honor you, but please understand that the word of God is the thing that's gonna last forever. I'm gonna pass away, but his word, this is the thing that's gonna stand. So I, I wanna make sure you and I are delighting in this and we are meditating on this. I'm meditating on it, and I'm, I'm like saying, like chewing on it. I'm chewing on it, like over and over again. Mm, that verse, hmm, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. What did Jesus mean when he said that? Remain in me, remain in me. You just 
over and over and over. You know when a girl sends you a text and, and you like her, but you're not sure if she likes you, and you read the text like over and over and over and over again, and you show it to people like, hey, <laughs> hey, she said, can't wait for next time. Does she mean like she can't wait for next time? Like, well, can't wait for next time. Like she just says it to everybody. Or like, I can't wait for next time. This is what you do with scripture. You already, you already know how to do it in life, but you just got, you got to bring that to scripture. You read something, you go, hmm, what? Does that mean? Because obviously it's speaking something to you. Meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree. Planted. That person is like a tree. Planted by streams of water. That tree is not living without water. So this tree actually gets planted right next to the thing that it needs to keep on surviving. The person, that person who's, who is careful with their company or wise with the company that they keep, that person who is disciplined with their gaze and making sure they're keeping Jesus at the center of their lives, that person is like an individual that's planted by streams of water. Not water that's going to dry up, but water that will be there for generation after generation after generation. They yield fruit in season. Maybe not all year long, but in its season, it will yield fruit. Some of you have been waiting for some fruit to show up. I'm just telling you, when you are planted by streams of water, you will yield the fruit in its season. I don't understand why God seems to take his time on seasons. But I do know that he is not a man that he should lie. And he is very faithful and will always complete what he starts. Whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I got another verse for you, Psalm 92. Go with me to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. We're going from Psalm 1 all the way to Psalm 92. You guys still with me? Psalm 92, verses 12 through 14. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted, here it is again, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Uh, palm trees, I did some study. There's like over 2,600 different like, species of palm trees. I, I didn't know this. There's a, there's a lot of them. And they actually have the ability to grow in a lot of different places. I know we're used to seeing them in really tropical places, but they have the ability to even grow in cold climates. Uh, but one of the things that was really interesting to me about palm trees is the strength that they have. I mean, you've probably seen the storm on the Weather Channel or on the news, and the tornado is rushing, and things are crazy. Uh, but that palm tree is just like, it's bending, but they don't break. They bend. They have 
this innate ability to be, when they're planted right, to take on massive storms and to bend, they matri- before the matrix, <laughs> before Neo ever was, <laughs> palm trees were, were taking, on, taking the pressure, taking the force of the wind, and they were bending but not breaking. This is part of your DNA as a follower of Jesus. This is part of what you have on the inside of you. And you and I, I know we get afraid of storms. Nobody's like, Lord, send me a storm. <laughs> Lord, my life has been so good recently. Can you just go ahead and send me a storm? None of us pray that prayer. And if you are, you're crazy. Okay. <laughs> we, we don't pray that, but, but they come regardless. You know that like I know that. And we don't even know when they're coming. It's like a random doctor's appointment or a random breakup or a random friend that stabs you in the back or a random loved one that you think is going to be there for you who's not there for you or someone you thought, I mean, you can go down the line. You thought you were going to get the job, you didn't get the job, or you had the job and you lost the job. Life is crazy that these, these storms can come at us in a moment. The same thing is true on the Sea of Galilee in Scripture, just so you know. When Jesus is out there on that Sea of Galilee, it's actually a place where a whole lot of storms can happen in a moment. So it is with our life. But what you have in your DNA, what you have built into the fabric of who you are, and I need you, I'm trying to help you with your identity here because some of you think you're weaker than you are. Some of you think you're weaker than you are, and you don't think you're strong. You don't think you have the strength that you need to do what God is calling you to do. And I just need to remind you of who God says you are. The individuals that we're talking about here in Scripture, these are the folks that have been planted in the house of the Lord. They're like palm trees, and palm trees bend but don't break. They bend but they don't break, and you have this flowing through your veins. Um, I'm going to give you all something free here real quick, okay, because some of you all read that word righteous, and you got a little bit concerned. I don't have a screen for this one. This, this verse is popping into my head. i got to read this verse for you real quick, because when you're hearing righteous, some of you are thinking, you don't know what I did last night. And I'm like, yes, I do. I can smell it. Uh, (laughs) But you're welcome here. You're welcome. Just so you know, you can keep on coming. (laughs) But that Listerine didn't cover that up. Uh, Let me go to Philippians chapter 3. I want you to read verse number 9. And being found in him... And being found in Christ, and being found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that, but a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Because when you're hearing that the righteous are planted and you're looking at your life going, I don't measure up to righteous. I don't make right choices. I don't do the right thing all the time. you got to understand that once you are found in Jesus, your righteousness is not based on your behavior. Listen, this is going to be hard for some of you all to get. 
because you, you, you're believing a gospel that's not actually the gospel. You're believing a gospel that's bad news, but the gospel actually means good news. The gospel is this, that Jesus Christ, when he got on the cross for you, he, there was an exchange that happened. He took your sin and shame and unrighteousness and put it on himself. Then, through his death, burial, and resurrection, his righteousness, it's not fair what I'm saying right now. It's not fair at all, but it's not fair to our advantage. His righteousness was then put on us. So now this great exchange happens where by faith in Jesus, I do not get what I deserve. I get something that I do not deserve. Now I'm righteous because of what he did, not because of what I do. So this is why you can come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in your time of need because you're not coming to God based on your works. You're coming to God based on the work of Jesus Christ. So you're saying, Lord, because you paid the bill, that's why I'm coming. Because you paid the way, that's why I'm coming. Yes, I'm even ashamed right now, but I'm coming to you because I recognize that every single debt, every single sin, every single issue, every single problem, every single hole that I can find myself in, you already made away from me. So would you please, sons and daughters of God, stop shaming yourself and trying to get yourself right with God when God already got you right with him by the sacrifice of his son. This is important. Some people go, oh, well, if that's the truth, then why won't people just go on and sin? Just so you know, people are sinning regardless. You don't need this good news to go and sin. People are doing that anyway. What people need to know is there's good news when you do sin. There's good news when you do fall. There's good news when you keep making bonehead choice after bonehead choice and keep doing the dumb thing over and over and over again. But I know the grace of God is present. The power of the Holy Spirit is there. And when you and I are saying, God, I do not measure up, but I need your grace and your power, I'm telling you, he is there. So this palm tree, when I'm reading and studying them, I'm seeing all these different palms, and I, I come across something called, I believe it's sago palm. And it's a, it's a, it's a bonsai tree. And um, don't get one. I heard they're poisonous. <laughs> like they kill kids and animals, which is weird. But uh, where's my bonsai? Thank you. Hook me up. Thank you. So... So here, is, this is not a sago palm. <laughs> it's not a sago palm, is it? <laughs> I just tried. <laughs> That's not a funny joke. Uh, so, so this, this bonsai, it, it, it kind of takes me to bonsais, and I, I start kind of looking at bonsais again. And I, I, I discover, and some of y'all will know this, others of you do not. Do you know there's no such thing as a bonsai seed? There isn't. A bonsai tree is actually just a normal tree. You pick a Chinese elm, you pick a sago palm, you pick, really almost any tree can be a bonsai tree. What makes it a bonsai is that you take a seed that if planted by streams of water or if planted in the house of the Lord or if planted outside in soil, it has potential to grow 40 feet or however tall it's supposed to be. 
But when you take that same seed and you put it in a pot, it limits the height and the ability of that seed to become all that it could be because you put it in a small enough environment. So you take something that has the ability to grow 50 feet and you can give it the ability to only grow one foot if you pot it. This is where the say no to pot came from, <laughs> if you're wondering. <laughs> Some of y'all still stuck on that. You're like, dang, puff, puff, pass. I thought. <laughs> Don't ask how I know that either. Okay? I know more stuff than y'all think I know. You take something that has the ability to grow exponentially. We say, let me take that potential. Let me take that seed and let me put it in this pot. I can limit it. The reality is we all don't have the ability to grow as tall, but we all do have the ability, I think, to grow as small. If we all get potted, if we all get in the spot that confines you enough, if, you all, if we all get in a place that's small enough, it will take the awesome purpose and potential that's on the inside of you and it will minimize it. But this same seed put in a different environment, has the ability to grow and become all that God has called it to be. But you know, the thing about potted is, is these bonsai trees, it's a little bit easier and more predictable and controlling to have one of these. Like I think some of us may prefer to be a bonsai. Because you don't usually find these needing to deal with the elements out there. You find these in comfy, cozy places. You find these with people that want to take meticulous care of it. Oh, let me just make sure you're okay. Let me make sure you're right. Do you know these bonsai trees require constant maintenance? Do you know? that they just, they just can't be left to themselves? Do you know a bonsai tree 20 years from now will look about like it looks right now? Do you know a bonsai tree has to keep being moved from place to place to make sure it's put in the sunlight? Do you know a bonsai tree keeps going, hey, hey find me the right sun, find me the right sunlight. Find, it wants to be moved around. You can't do that with a tree that's planted. You can only do that with a tree that's potted. Dare I say, some of us are trying to go from relationship to relationship to relationship, trying to find the right son. Some of us going from church to church to church, trying to, oh, I like the kids' ministry here. I like the music here. I like the preacher there. I like this. Going from place to place to place. That's bonsai. That's potted living. That's not planted living. (laughs) 
And see, in our day and age, in our day and age, we, we serve, actually, we serve a God that has, like, long-term plans, but we're a people that have limited patience. So when God is thinking generations, you and I are thinking now. So it feels good right now. What's the new trend right now? What's cool right now? And I get in our day and age, the world is moving so fast, so there's a tension. This is a tension to be managed, not a problem to be solved because in every single industry, of course, you have to be able to pivot. But my friends, I'm asking you in your walk with God, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ, do not be a bonsai. Do not be a potted individual. Do not be someone that has to be moved around from church to church to church or place to place to place or relationship to relationship to relationship. You want to be someone that gets planted by streams of living water and your leaf will not wither and you will produce fruit in season and whatever you do will prosper but you don't get that being potted you get that being planted we are planted people not potted people I just want to I just want to say that I know it's a little bit countercultural too, because nowadays you can watch whatever church you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. You don't have to. You don't have to be planted anywhere. You just go. I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. And I'm all for resourcing yourself. I'm not asking. I'm not asking you not to get other voices. I, I got that in my life as well. I'm asking, are you planted though? Are you planted? And there's a difference. I've noticed some, some things that are different between planted people and potted people, okay? This is some, some things that are, that are different between planted people and, uh, and potted people. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for a, a, a few of these? Uh, so planted people, planted people, these are individuals that will, will look at a scenario and they'll say, hey, I'm here to serve. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to serve. I'm not here to be served. I'm not here. I'll say this. Planted people are those who can be counted on. Potted people are those who are counting. Do you see the difference? Planted people are those who, are, who, are, who can be counted on, but potted people, they're counting. Did you ask me this? Did you, did, did you do this for me? And there's like a, a quid pro quo. It's like, a, what, what, what's, what's in this for me right now? I got a bunch of thoughts running through my brain. But honey, throw me my phone from down there right there. It's by your feet. It's by your feet real quick. Let her throw it to me. No, throw it, honey. Well, that wasn't honey. That was Holly. I got one honey, okay? I don't have multiple honeys, okay? We ain't playing those games. <laughs> You ain't got to wonder about that. How does anybody even have time for something like that? I'm, <laughs> I find out, I'm like, how in the world, what are you, what time do you have in your life that you can have multiple relationships? Yeah, I just got one. I got time for just one. And I love it too. I love that one. I ain't going nowhere. How did I put this here? Potted people follow God. Um, planted people follow God. Potted people follow trends. 
Planted people follow God, but potted people follow trends. Planted people serve to bless. This is what I had in my brain. But, but potted people serve to be seen. I was talking about some of the differences between planted and potted. Planted people are driven by conviction, but potted people are driven by comfort. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to talk about our DNA, trying to talk about who God has wired us to be. It, oh, I want to be married. I want, marriage is planted. Marriage is not potted. Dating can be potted. So sometimes we want to take the principles of our dating life and bring all of those into our married life, and we think it works. It does not work. Planted is, hey, it might not feel good right now, but I'm living by conviction, not by comfort. I'm living by covenant, not by convenience. Planted people take the hill. Potted people take selfies. Planted people, are, I'm, tr- I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm trying to make it on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that cool thing's happening over there. Yeah, I know this, this cool thing's happening over there, but I'm just telling you, I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm trying to take the hill. I'm trying to make it on earth as it is in heaven. I have a mission that God has given me. Since he's given me this mission, I, I don't have time just to be going from place to place to place to place to place to place to place. What I got to do is I got to stay planted, and then I got to fulfill what God has called me to do because there's some potential on the inside of me. Every single time you and I uproot ourselves, from a place that God has called us, it's almost as if we have to start over at the next place. Planet people celebrate faithfulness, not flakiness. In our day and age, again, we just want what's new, what's fast, what's quick. Here's here's, uh, how one of my friends uh, put it one time. He says, "Uh, God determines the place but you determine whether to stay and grow. And I like that. Because I've seen two people that came into the church at the same time, hearing the same messages, same growth track, same connect groups, same songs, same culture, same environment. And one of them said, I'm staying. I'm not going to be potted. I'm going to be planted. But the other was always just thinking potted. And it's fascinating to me the growth and the development that you can see spiritually and emotionally, mentally, dare I say financially, in a person's life that says, hey, God called me to the place. God, I'm staying, I'm growing, I want you to fulfill what you called me to do, and I'm not just running around from new thing to new thing. I, uh, I'm just about done here, uh, but I, I wanted to share this last piece about, um, about Redwoods and Root Touch. Redwoods are some of, if not the tallest, trees in the entire world. They're massive. 
I've yet to see one in person. I cannot wait to go uh, to, I believe they're in California, and, and see one of these massive redwoods. They can get like 350 feet tall, and they live for centuries. As tall as they are, you would think their roots would go incredibly deep. But actually, their roots don't go that deep. And I'm all for deep. You know, we talked about this, you know, a few weeks ago, dug down deep. Those that hear the word of God, put it into practice, it's like a man or a woman who dug down deep. I'm all, I'm all for that digging down deep. But these, these redwoods, they actually only go, their roots only go down about 10 to 12 feet. So for a tree that's taller than the building we're in right now, taller than any home you are sitting in right now, for a tree that tall to have roots that only go down about the height of a basketball goal, and for these trees to be around for centuries, what is their key to being able to last and stand for so long? Well, redwoods are usually very close to each other. And what happens when their roots go down into the ground, when they are planted in the ground, their roots begin to go out to the right and to the left. And what their roots do is they intertwine with the other redwoods that are next to them. So what happens is you have a group of redwoods and this one tree is not holding up itself. This one tree is connected to multiple other trees all around it. You don't get this with potted. When you're potted, you are just wrapped up in yourself. But when you're a redwood, when you have 350 foot potential like you do, when you have the type of call on your life that you have, when you have the type of gifting that you have, when you have been through as much hell as you have been through and God has still kept you alive on this planet, after all the chemo, after all the friends, after all the issues, and God has kept you here, after all you have been through, my friends, you and I are standing, not because we're so big and bad, it's because we intertwined ourselves, not just with God, but with the people He called us to be in community with. And this helps you to stand when others may be falling over. So you want a marriage that's going to last, right? You want, you, want, you want to be a teenager that can withstand the test of time. You want to be a single person that's just not another statistic but stands strong. You want, you want all that in your life? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, one of the keys to this in your life is for you not to be a potted individual. And this is countercultural. Because in our day, we want things on our terms, at our time, and I want to keep my options open. I want to keep my options open at any time. But there are some moments when God is saying, close your options. Burn the ship. Go where I called you. Stay. Remain. Connect with me. Be in my word and intertwine yourself in connect groups and in confession one to another and communion with each other and bearing each other's burdens and honoring one another above yourselves 
and having people's backs and praying for folks when they need somebody to pray for them and not just looking for people to pray for you, but also be willing to pray for somebody else. Not just wondering when people are going to help me, but being willing to be the one that goes first and helps others. I'm just telling you, this is the type of redwood call that God has given us. This is our destiny. This is what God has called us to. This is the DNA and the heart of our church. So that's why I say, say no to pot, <laughs> but say yes to being planted and being who God has called you to be so you can fulfill the plan and purpose that he has in your life. Y'all with me on this? North, you with me? Online, White Rock, you with me? If you wouldn't mind, friends, bow your heads for just a moment. I ask you to bow your heads just so that you can focus. It's not anything mystical or magical. The Bible doesn't say you have to bow your head before you pray. If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him first. You've never made him number one. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want you to be the boss of my life. I want you to be the ruler of my life. You've never said that. Or at one point in time, you did. You slipped away. You've gone another direction, and you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't, want, I don't want to be first in my life. I want Christ to be first. I don't want to remain in, like, job and, and put my hope in all of these temporary things. I want my hope to be in Christ and in Christ alone. If that's you here. You're under the sound of my voice. You've never given your heart and your life to Christ. So at one point in time, you did. You slipped away. And today you're saying, I don't want to go my own way. I want to go his way. On the count of three, online, up north, at White Rock, Antigua, wherever you are, on the count of three, I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. It's awesome. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. Every friend, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.